Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Triggering change, one heartbeat at a time. Battle for freedom. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. What I'm about to share with you is not on personal opinion, but a prayerful look into what the Word of God says. And hopefully in the process of us looking at this, we all, as the body of Christ, can look more like Jesus. I'm your host, Watson Prunier from Battle for Freedom on Mojo Fiverr Radio. And I appreciate every last one of you as we get into another broadcast of Battle for Freedom on Mojo Fiverr Radio. I'm going to make certain that you can hear me. I can hear you. Uh, you know what? The reason why you probably can't hear me is you probably haven't had your American Pride Roses coffee. American Pride Roses coffee is historically great coffee and the official coffee of Mojo Fiverr Radio. Uh, one of the ones that I enjoy, of course, is the one named after me, Watson's White Chocolate Caramel Blend. You can't go wrong with this. If you don't like it, there's something wrong with you, and we need to figure out exactly why is it you don't want to get the best coffee in America, American Pride Roses Coffee. I see Carolyn. She decided she wanted to go to facebook.com forward slash battle for freedom to leave a comment there. This is also streaming on Rumble, rumble.com forward slash C forward slash battle for freedom. And you should not uh, have a problem trying to find this. I'm hoping that you can you can uh, find this and have a great time as we work our way through uh, what I'm is building Bible back, the first three commandments, uh, the foundation of the law. Uh, I'm going to be talking about that today. Many of you, uh, what I'm going to be sharing today is probably going to be triggering you, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, the reason why is because you can get biofeedback therapy by Anthony Malchiotti at New Life Holistic. Get yourself retuned, get your body put back in sync, and hopefully in the process of you doing that, uh, you shouldn't have too many problems, and we go from there. Uh, also, Romika Designs, i try and remember to share more with you on Romika Designs when we come back from the break. Uh, but for now, let's get into this topic. So, you know, this whole week I've been going through this, um, what's the way word, word for it? Not yeah, Yeah. Uh, I've been going through this, this model of basically sharing the, uh, let's see, the Bible in the top left corner. And then what I would do is I would then add uh, three other different things in there. Now, on this particular one, the Bible reigns supreme on all of them. There's no confusion as to what's going on here. Uh, the Bible reigns supreme. We're following the first, the second, and the third commandment. And the reason why I'm focusing on the first, second, and third commandment, because I have a meme that I want to share that I forgot to bring in, but I'll show it to you right now because the fact that what happens is by us failing to live up to the Ten Commandments, well, not even the Ten Commandments, the first three, I believe that we violate every other 
uh, commandment that's out there. And what I want to do is I want to put us in a position that we are not violating this and we can go, we can go from there. So uh, the passage I want you to see, or the meme that I actually I had is uh, the following. It says, there's so much confusion on what the law of God is. What is the law of God and how to worship because of the fact that uh, because we fail on the first three of the Ten Commandments by making by making the remaining commandments or remaining by making the remaining commandments and other laws into gods and idols while blaming God. Now, even in the wording of what I put here, I want you to understand that there's a method to my madness as to why I listed it like that, you know, the, the, when I talk about the whole idea of turning them into gods, idols, and blaming God. So let me do this. Let me actually start off with a scripture passage. I'm sorry, I don't have this for you, but you'll see in the notes, uh, in the, you know, in the window, you can see the notes for the passages, which I'm going to read. The first one I want to go over, and maybe I can actually break this up into, this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven verses. So maybe I can do, so I'm going to be reading Mark 12, 18. So yeah, 18 through 28 through 34. And when I read this to you, you'll understand exactly where I'm coming from because the fact that this is really key and this is really important as we go through this. And thanks for joining Renee, uh, Brenda and being part of the program. Uh, appreciate you being, being part of this program. So this is the reason why we mess this up. This is the reason why we mess this up. And I'm going to try and break this down to you so you understand why as we go into this. So I'm going to be reading in again, Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. And one of the scribes came up to him, came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked them, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, and there is no other commandment greater than these. And since the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher, you have truly said that he is one and there is one beside him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the strength, and to love one one's neighbor as oneself as much more, is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, wisely, he said to him, you are not far off from the kingdom of God. And after no one, after that, no one dared ask him any more questions. Now, uh, hey, Trisha, thank you for being part of the program. I, I really appreciate you, you being here as well. Uh, this is going to be fun uh, because of the fact that we're going, what we're going to do here is we're going to look at the word of God. Uh, and I'm not going to lie to you. This passage right here is a reflection of the Ten Commandments. This passage here where Jesus summarizes the Ten Commandments into these two, I'm telling you, this is, this is clear of what's happening here. 
And the reason why I want to show you is, and the reason why I'm focusing on the first three, the reason why I said that we screw up everything else, we screw up, we screw up faith, we screw up following, we screw up everything because of the fact that we turn around and we turn the other seven into idols, into altars, and we make ourselves God of, by putting importance on the others. The first, Jesus breaks this up intentionally, and I want us to follow exactly what's happening here. So the reason why I'm saying that the first three are important, because I want to look at the very first commandment that Jesus, that Jesus says on this. He says, yeah, and let me, let me actually highlight this one. And, um, you know, this, this is key. This is 29 through 30. So this is going to be 29 through 30. And this is Jesus' answer. Um, this is Jesus' answer on this. And what's powerful is when we pay attention and we ask the Lord what it is that he's trying to communicate here, I'm asking, let's let us really pray. You know what? Let me do that. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just help us understand your word, what you've been trying to communicate to us. Help us look beyond the biases. Help us look beyond the 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 the, the wit of of leaders and truly look deep into what you are saying, what you are clearly saying in your word, Father, that we don't walk away with a an in, uh, a, a bad interpretation or uh, or an eisegesis, us reading into the passage something that's not there. Help us pull out from the text. Let, let us exegete the text. Let us exegete your words and understand down to the root what is it that you're calling us to do. And let us do this with meekness, respect, but with 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 um with utmost determination to do do no harm, but glorify your name in all that we do. And that, that do no harm does not mean that we cannot call people out for what they're doing. It means let us not in our own sin lift ourselves up, Father God, to find ourselves or presume ourselves better than any because there is only one God and that's you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we look at this particular passage, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I love this because uh, what Jesus is communicating here and once, let me change that to that. And that to that. And now we're good on this particular passage. Oh, I forgot that. I forgot. I got to put one more thing in here. I apologize. Thank you for your patience. Uh, but what's going to be on here, and it is looking for this one, right? Yeah, there you go. Here you go. So this is what Jesus says. Jesus answered him. The most important is, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. Now, for many of you who are not familiar with this, this is the Shema. This is the Hebrew Shema. I believe this is Deuteronomy 6.4, uh, where Jesus is basically reciting what the Jews, and I can say the Hebrews or the Jews, <laughs> without being offensive, have basically made key to their walk, their life, and their 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 uh, their ministry, and it is the hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one, and this is what Jesus starts off with, but then he goes into, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. 
This is the first three of the um, Old Testament passages. And as I want to share this with you, I think this is very key because of the fact that uh, let's go to um, we go to this passage is one more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could definitely do that one there. Um, yeah, we can do this one. Uh, oh, I'm just going to read this to you. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Now, when we look at the idea of Jesus saying, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. The Lord our God is one. So basically, when he says, you shall have no other gods before me, it means also you shall have no other gods after me. There will be no other gods because I am the only one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. There is no room. Hey, Lep, thank for joining. There, there is no room for other gods. Only God, Okay. Now, now, again, as we sit here and we understand this, this sets the stage for the first three. The, again, when he says this, and, and honestly, the Shema is literally also the first three commandments of the, for, of the Ten Commandments put together as well. The, the hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. And then when he talks about the whole idea is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. That's basically worshiping God for who he is, recognizing his full deity and, and all that he is, his sovereignty, his love, his mercy, his grace, every aspect. Last week, I spent the time talking about God's incommunicable attributes. I sat there talking about his eternity, his unity, his omnipotence, uh, and oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot some of the other three, the other two, there are two more. Uh, um, oh yeah, immutability. And uh, there's one more. Oh yeah, and his independence. That God being independent, immutable, eternal, everywhere, and unified in everything that he does, that he does not contradict himself. This truly is the God that we worship and we celebrate. And so now as we start breaking down and we start looking into this, and when Jesus is sitting here talking about, he's reciting and he's, recant, he's, he's recounting to us what we should always say, even as we start our prayers, you know, that he set the example, our father who are in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Our Father who is in heaven, holy, wonderful, magnificent is your name. This is basically, it, it's, it's even bringing the Shema even shorter. It's, it's like a Cliff Notes version of the Shema. That Jesus would say, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. This is beautiful. This is awesome as Jesus does this. And he talks about how, how is it that we love the God with all our heart, our, our soul, our mind, and our strength? I'm glad you asked. You shall have no other gods before me. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. And then we look at the, the, the second commandment. You shall not make for yourself a carved image of any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is or that is in the earth beneath 
or that is in the wa- that is in the wa- water under the earth. The second one, and and this is okay. So this is the reason. Let me let me get into this so you can help help you understand why it is um, that we must follow what God is saying to us and saying it to us clearly. We can't ignore His word, His truth, His spirit. As we as we sit here in our selfishness. We don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to be moved by God. We want to continue doing what we love doing. And God's calling us to something completely different. Okay? It's because the fact that, again, I, lo- I love God's word. And God's word, his holy word, is how we understand his 66-book love letter. I spent two years going through the different books of the Bible. Okay? His 66 love, 66 love letters to us to let us know how much he, he loves us and what, what length he would go to to save us from ourselves. And as I sit here and I'm watching this, and it's the beauty of what God has said, the beauty of what God has done. We have a tendency, um, I, made an, I made another meme. Because as, again, as I was looking at these passages, I was like, holy cow, we are guilty of violating God's rules, God's way so much. Um, let's see if I can find this one for you so I can better explain this. Um, you know, as we redefine things. Oh, yeah. Let, let's go with this one. Marriage and sexuality and gender are being redefined because we, the church, have created an un, and are creating an unbiblical dichotomy between certain sins that, that grade their offense to God on man's hierarchy rather than God's holiness. So that one, that whole idea is that we say, well, yeah, pedophilia is worse than stealing. And no, God's holy. You remember the whole idea of his immutability, his, his holiness? He hates all sin, but because of the fact that we're unholy, because we change, because we're we're flighty, and we basically decide what sins or what pet sins are a little bit of less offensive to God. God's saying, no, 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 I never changed. When God's word says, be holy for I am holy, he didn't say, be a little bit more holy than them for I'm a little bit more holy than them. He's like, when I'm, God's declaring his holiness, he's declaring who he is in his entirety, past, present, future. And for some strange reason, we come up with this hippie Jesus, you know, kind of holiness, which basically just gets high on weed or low on quaaludes and basically just decides that we want to pick and choose. What sins God's going to be effect, offended by? He's offended by all sin. But when we do this, that we rename God's holiness, and we come up with our hierarchical holiness, we come up with our hierarchical depravity, we make ourselves out to be God because we change the standard of holiness now. We've changed the standard because the fact that because we don't want to change ourselves and because we don't want to change the people that we pick, that we choose as our champions to restore America and, and, and make life easy for us. Well, I've got to make some concessions for these foul mouth people because of the fact that I'm just like them and I want to be like them. So I'm going to make concessions. I've now lowered the standard of what God has required. Because when God says, be holy for I'm holy, hello, holy moly, guacamole, what's going on here? When we start changing God's rules and God's way, 
Well, he he created degrees. You don't you don't punish you don't punish a person who stole a lollipop like a person who killed a person. Well, in God's economy, yes, he does. Because if the person who stole the lollipop and the person who killed the person both go and stand before God and have have not received Christ as Lord and Savior, guess what? They where they both end up? Hell. Period. It's not like, oh, well, you're going to go to, you're only, you, oh, you murder. I'm setting up the temperature to 1 billion degrees. But you who stole a lollipop, oh, it's only going to be a 1,000. <laughs> it's only going to be a 1,000. We'll only have gnashing of toes rather than gnashing of teeth. <laughs> because you only stole a lollipop. It doesn't work that way in God's economy. Because if that if if that were the case, then there would have been more sacrifices on the cross. So we have the unspotted Lamb of Christ who takes on the major sins, and we could just find some of his disciples who probably could have been dying for the smaller sins. Let's get some turtle doves out there. But as the he, the writer in Hebrews says, the animals never would have accounted or made restitution for the sins of humanity. Hence, Christ dying for all for human humanity, past, present, and and future, because no animal was sufficient enough to die. Nothing was sufficient to die. We 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 saw the lesser sins with the if you didn't have a full ram, you could use a turtle doves. No. God put the perfect sacrifice, priceless sacrifice, his son, our savior, our God, and our king on the cross as a sacrifice for us. But we keep making ourselves out to God and we say, you know, the pride, it's okay. It's not, it's not, it's not defiling. It's not defiling a, ch a child. No, God didn't say you'd have a millstone wrapped around your neck because of lust and pride. No, he just kicked an angel out of heaven. <laughs> uh, yeah, the hero, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. Hey, thanks for joining Curtis and being part of the program. But I had another passage that was on here, which was talking about the where we fail. Oh, where did I put this? Where did I put this? Where did I put this? I, I maybe have too many memes. Hello, my name is Watson, and I probably have too many memes to mention. And so sometimes this goes a little bit crazier than it needs to. Um, oh, yeah, this is what it was. Uh, let me see if I can bring this one out here because I remember I remember this one. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, holy, holy moly guacamole. <laughs> yeah this is uh this is good this is good um let's go with this one here and then you can kind of have fun here exodus chapter 20 um this is looking at the second commandment let's go a little bit deeper into this one you shall not make yourself you shall not make for yourself a carved image of or any likeness of anything that is in the heavens above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You should not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generations, generation of those who hate me, but show steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. A, uh, 
the summary and as I looked at this, and this is this is clear about where we are. Nothing to overthink, but if we analyze everything in our lives, we can see how we have turned everything, people, places, events, things into an idol. Everything. Don't don't take this away from me. But that's an idol. Don't take it away from me. It's mine. It's, it's harmless. It's not hurting anybody, but it's an idol. Don't, 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 no. We have turned, we turned our kids. We turned our spouses. We turned our, our affairs. We turned our harmless flings, our, our, our heavy petting, and, and, and I'm not hurting anybody. We turn them into idols because of the fact that when we turn around and we get into some of these things and we start worshiping worshiping the, those things more than we worship God, they are an idol. When we worship events more than we worship God, it becomes an idol. This Sunday, you know, we it says that Jesus is the reason for the season, but I'm telling you, the season is an idol. And make it clear that, you know, the word of God says, be ready in season and out of season for preaching the word of God. So Jesus isn't just the reason for this season. Jesus is the reason for all seasons. But when we turn things into idols and we don't want to let them go, we find out like these nice quip phrases to use to hold on to them. So we don't have to let go. There's no reason why it should be between uh, between November and December that we have a spirit of good cheer. We should have a spirit of good cheer and glad tidings every day. Why? Because we're preaching the word, the gospel of salvation to all who need to hear. But we don't because idolatry is blinding us from our true task before God. Uh, let's go to a break. And I'll talk to you beautiful people on the flip side. Supply line interruptions are definitely here to stay, especially given the incredible talent we have working at the U.S. Transportation Department. However, you don't need to fear these interruptions. You can be prepared. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. The Daily Mojo with Brad Staggs. My suggestion was why not create another category? So you have men, you have women, then you have transgender men and transgender women. And so, I mean, why not create their own unique category so we are comparing apples to apples and coconuts to because, coconuts? Because their whole entire shtick for the transgender community is, no, these are women. Despite the fact that they have XY chromosomes and, you know, a giant hog swinging between their legs, they are women. And you Here, I'll get it. Wow. Oh. wow. Uh, giant hog. Giant hog. Never heard it quite uh, described that way. That's great. I see you've seen Ron naked, too. Uh, it's uh, Weekdays, 8 Eastern, Mojo Five O. After a long, hard night, I am exhausted. I need something that will stimulate me. That's why I start each day with Ron's sexual chocolate. It really gets me off to work. Find the flavor that stimulates you and gets you off to work at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. 
about to get real, but you really need a plan and you need people on board. There's only one place to be. Sunday Long Live Radio. 5 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Triggering change, one heartbeat at a time. Battle for freedom. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Watson Prunier from Battle for Freedom and Mojo Fiber Radio. As we sit here and we have fun uh, getting into God's word and just really breaking down. Today, I want to tell you we're looking at building Bible back. Uh, the first three commandments, uh, you can't go wrong. Here's another commandment. This is the, this is the um, 50th commandment. Thou shalt... Uh, Thou shalt buy for Mojo Fiber Radio. Thou shalt donate to Mojo Fiber Radio. <laughs> Thou shalt shop for, for Mojo Rate Fiber Radio. And uh, the, uh, let's see, the 51st commandment is going to Romika Designs, R-O-M-I-K-A-D-E-S-I-G-N-S.com, Romika Designs, uh, and get yourself some really amazing gear. Uh, those are the 50th and 51st commitment. No, I'm not going to do that because I'm not adding to God's word, but I highly encourage y'all to, um, you know, I highly encourage y'all to, uh, to look into those two. Uh, if you can donate, if you could shop, uh, you can have a great time and, uh, not go have any problems. Uh, <laughs> Lep says, <laughs> Oh my goodness. Lep, you're so funny. Uh, Lip says, Planned Parenthood has never heard. Uh, uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, uh, Plan Parenthood obviously has never heard of the Ten Commandments, let alone the Six. Sheesh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, Carolyn, it upsets me that people will spend hundreds of dollars to someone to see someone entertain, and then they can't find time to go to church or give God that money. That includes Christian groups also. Yes. I enjoy listening to them on the radio, but I won't spend money to see them in person. Yeah, I mean, I mean, th think about this. The number of people, thank you, Carolyn, for sharing that. Um, th think about this, is that, you know, we have, we have money for everything. We literally have money for everything, but there is this, there is this word that we don't like. It's offensive to people. I mean, it's even offensive to the people who try to do it the right way, too. Prioritization. Putting things in priority. It, you know, if we make God our most highest priority, everything else falls into place. Now, a lot of people are like, well, Cassie cares about him. Well, I care about seeing the Colts <laughs> or the Dolphins. <laughs> or I, I, I care about seeing this person, you know. But God's like, love me, worship me, and anything you need, I'll provide for you. That's in Matthew chapter 5, no, chapter 6, verses 25 through 33. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. This doesn't mean that you get everything else that you want. It just means you get everything that you need from God. This is not a magic verse that you say, well, I'm just going to see God so he can let me go to concerts. Or I'm going to see God so he can give me the house or the car or the spouse that I want. No, we see God because of the fact that he is God and we love him and we worship him and we're grateful for him. 
Let's stop going to him and treating him like the genie from Aladdin and treat him for who he truly is. Awesome, beautiful, magnificent. Yes, that's the reason why we're failing because all those other things that we're pursuing, we make them into idols. I'm telling you, I've been married. I'm on my second marriage. By God's grace, I have a beautiful bride. But I'm telling you, I'm not going to lie to you. I struggled being single before being married because I made being in a relationship an idol. I felt myself incomplete if I wasn't in a relationship. But I, but I do understand that I do understand the nature of that. God has created us as relational beings, and there's nothing wrong to desire to be in a relationship, you know, as a man with another woman and with a woman with a man. Not another woman with a man with a woman and a woman with a man. That if you get into a relationship, there's nothing wrong with that. Hopefully that relationship moves beyond booty calls and the altar call is actually before that, that you honor God in that relationship and you, you truly make him present in the relationship in the hearts of both individuals. So when they say, I do, there's never a message or a mentality of I done. Lep says we have enough money for everything. Speak for yourself, Kibosavi. <laughs> hey, listen, brother, I'm with you too. I'm so poor, I can't pay attention. <laughs> uh, but it's just this is really interesting as we sit here and we look at this idea of how we turn everything into an idol. We can even turn church into an idol. We can even turn 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 faith into an idol. We can turn the activities of faith into an idol. When we sit there and we, listen, uh, Ephesians chapter four talks about the whole idea of let no unwholesome talk come from your mouth. I am not the best advocate. I'm not the best uh, practicer of, or practitioner of that, that passage. Oh, there are some things I say behind screen that, you don't know, but my friends know that I pray that the Lord will continue to take away things from my mouth. I don't publicly state it with gratification of, of doing this. Now, some people do. They take joy in that. That's fine. I can't, I can't condemn you. That, that stands before you before God. I can let you know and remind you what God's word has to say. Just like we, we are obligated to do that. This is not a thing where we sit there. It's like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to throw these things out there. No, no, no. I'm clear on God does. When God says, be holy for I am holy. That means that we, we don't change the rules because when we decide that we want to follow our hearts, when we want to do what we, what feels makes us feel good, we're doing exactly what Adam and Eve did in the garden. They ate from the tree and they saw that, the, you know, they, they wanted to be like God. And when we change the rules, when we decide that we want to speak with profane language, when we will decide that we want to do booty calls with people who aren't our spouses, you know, who are not, who we are not married to, when, when we want to abort, when we want to be proud, when we want to lust, when we want to steal, when we want to covet, when we want to do all these different things, when we want to lie, 
It is because of the fact that we have elevated ourselves up to be God because we said that his Ten Commandments, his rule, his law does not apply to me at this moment and this time because my gratification is more important than anything else. We have now violated the very first commandment. Let's go back to what Jesus said on this. Jesus said, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our the Lord is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And and when we sit here and we we look at this and we continue to argue that that there's only one phase of God and it, it's only, you know, it's like how we, we, we elevated ourselves higher than God. If God has revealed himself throughout the scriptures with, uh, with ridic un, un, ridiculous amounts of information, but there's the father, there's the son, there, there's the Holy Spirit. And we keep arguing that Jesus and Bruce, Jesus is like Bruce Wayne and Batman or Clark. And it's like, we have elevated ourselves above the scriptures, the clear scriptures of how God has revealed himself. We don't want to, we don't want to change that because we think we know God better than we, than he knows himself. We don't understand it. It was not meant for us to understand. Let's go back to another passage. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things that he has revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. God has revealed himself, but we keep changing the rules. We keep changing his holiness. We keep changing his requirements because of the fact that guess what? The people that we like, they make us feel good. They let us, they let us feel good about being defiled before God. So we don't care. We turn everything into an idol. We turn everything into an idol. And let's go into the third, uh, the, the third commandment. You should not take the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord, your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Let me help you understand something about this again, because we're still in chapter uh, Mark chapter 12, 29 and 30. You shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Heart, soul, mind, strength. Taking God's name in vain is not just only profanity. It's not just, it's not just the aspect of basically saying cuss words. Taking the Lord's God, Lord God's name in vain is actually even creating laws from the Bible that restrict people based on our perceptions that put people in bondage. There, there is, there is a practice that, you know, uh, uh, a wo woman can't wear pants. It's freezing outside. God created clothing. He created layers. But because of the fact that we want, because we have to create laws that make us bigger and better, we're going to take a verse out of context saying a woman should not dress like a man, so she can't wear pants, and we're going to have a woman wearing pantyhose out in negative temperatures, 
Because our pride is reading something in the scripture that's not there. And we made that 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 exege that eisegesis into law and we burden people. So you so when God says don't take my name in vain, don't take don't put take the Lord's name in vain, it's basically don't put my name on something that I never created. Can't wear pants, can't cut hair, can't pray with your you put a if a man puts a hat on his head while he's praying, he's 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 destroying for some strange reason, me wearing a skull cap is keeping God from hearing my prayers. Now, if you want to wear if you don't want to wear a hat and it's raining outside, it's blizzarding, it's freezing out cold, so be it. Do whatever you want, but condemning people that they that, 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 that you're not doing this this particular way. That's taking God's name in vain. It's it's taking that we, one. We made ourselves into God to create a law that wasn't there. Two, we have now made that that new law an idol that we fall on and we will condemn people on. And then three, we we had the nerve to blame God and say that He's the one who created this law. <laughs> If you want to go to church on Sunday, if you want to go to church on Saturday, if you want to go to church on Wednesday or Thursday or any day of the week, have fellowship with God. If your church is at home and you work through the weekends and and you and your job because you you are a nurse or a doctor or some profession and has you working 12 straight hours into the weekend, guess what? If you if Monday's your Sabbath, if Tuesday's your Sabbath, rest, rest in God. If that's the job that God has given you, because society doesn't stop, life doesn't stop on Saturday. It doesn't. But what we do is we turn around and and, and the, the the Pharisees miss this. One of the biggest arguments that Jesus had in the New Testament was with the Pharisees based on one day. One day. I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, and we're doing the same thing again now. One day. If this is what you want to do, do it. That's the crazy part about it is that in everything that Jesus, as they sat there and they did, he's like, listen, if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do that. But I'm gonna, I'm over here with these people and this is what they're going to do because I'm going to show them the freedom in this because we're not going to turn one day into an idol. We're not going to turn certain foods into an idol. We're not going to turn certain dress or the way, you know, not granted, if you come into a church, you know, do you need to wear uh, tight clothes as a woman? Do you, do you need to be revealing a low, having a low neckline in church? No. Do you need to have, I, I remember in one church, there's one black woman, she had these cuts in the side of her, her church, her dress was so tight, I saw her veins. I, 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 I can tell you her blood type, that's how tight her, her dress was. And she had diamond cups, cuts right up the side of the leg, all the way up almost to the rear. I was just like, you don't need to be wearing that to church. But when church becomes this social club and it's about attracting other men because of the fact that, you know, and you already had a whole bunch of kids there and probably trying to get more baby daddies. 
But because we can't say offensive things because church becomes this, you know, this, this social club and, and we can't hurt anybody's feeling because we got to run the money in to make, make most of these pimping pastors live high on the hog with all their bling. Of course, the pimping, the pimping pastor isn't going to call out the, the woman who probably could just conceal herself a little bit better. Now, does this mean that everyone has to look like Laura Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie? No. <laughs> I mean, granted, me as a father, I want my girls looking like Laura Ingalls from Little House on the Prairie because of the fact that, you know what? People are warped. People are warped. Our society warps things. <laughs> Yeah, Lord Jesus, please forgive us. Carolyn's crowd, God, God wants us to trust and obey him. Yes, Scott says, Jesus said, come as you are. If you are inappropriate, the conviction will come from him, not people. Most definitely. Oh, and, and uh, Lep, maybe she just got off of work. Yes. See, that's the thing about it. Uh, that's the thing about it. I, I love this. Uh, maybe she just got off of work. Um, great. Um, Lep, with what you said. Let's stick with that for a second there. Because many of you, can, uh, maybe you misheard me and you haven't been listening to me. I don't condemn that woman who had the diamond cuts in her thing. I mean, I, I wish she could have found something different. I didn't go up to her in church and say, you hussy. Why are you dressing like that? Isn't it the booty club place? I know we act like a booty club place. I was at the big, I was at the biggest black church in Indianapolis. And I'm telling you, it was nothing but a sanctified booty club place. <laughs> but understand this. Oh yeah. Old me Rambro Jesus. Oh, I probably would have come up and said something to her, but I praise God that he held my tongue. And he helped me to not get up and say anything because of the fact that again, we don't know where people are coming from. I mean, think about this. I have, I have no problem. You're in church. If you're here and you're here to hear the Lord, you're here to develop a relationship, cultivate a relationship with him and his people, praise the Lord. But I mean, there are people who are standing in the pulpit of that church that were far worse than what that woman, see, they had the suits and they were looking good. Just because her external appearance didn't look as good, appearance looked as good as many people said in the pulpit, didn't make them better than her or her worse than them. But when our lives are wrapped up in self-gratification and identifying ourselves in whatever way rather than the way that God has identified us, we look all kinds of mess inside and out. And this is the reason why when God, when you remember when when Robin was talking about that radical kind of love and devotion and relationship with God, this means that I put everything aside. I don't care. My color doesn't get in the way. My sex, my, my gender doesn't get in the way. My socioeconomic status doesn't get in the way. Yes, she showed up. You're right. That's the reason why I'm, like, I'm not condemning her. <sighs> <laughs> yeah yeah um carolyn maybe maybe she dressed that way to see how christ christ like the people in the church are yeah 
Exactly. Because if someone came up to her and they were inappropriate, now I can understand if an older woman came up and said, hey, sis, you know, sister, you know, can I help you with anything? You know, try and develop a cult cultivate a relationship with her. And then maybe in like what they see in, uh, what is it, in Titus, as they build a relationship, you know, as, as Paul uh, in Titus encourages the elder women to basically to cultivate a relationship with the younger women and help them understand possibly modesty or whatever, maybe get into her life and find out, hey, you know, do you need extra clothing? Or, hey, maybe you may not want to be so much advertising at church and everything like that and if at that at that after that point where she develops a relationship if she wants that level of accountability because that's another thing too because while people may come to church and everything like that as they develop a relationship with christ and the body of christ god has given teachers he's given apostles preachers and and and, and evangelists all for the edification of the body of christ and the edification of the body of christ manifests itself in our maturity and our ability to look less like the world and look more like christ but we have to start giving up our worldly ways. And if we don't want to give up our worldly ways, the word of God says a tree will be known by its fruit. And if after 20 years, sister girl still showing up with diamond cuts in her dress, 17 baby daddies, something was missing in that church. There was no accountability because of the fact that everybody was too wrapped up in their, their, their idolatry wrapped up in making themselves feel good that they never decided to actually make a difference in the world because they were too busy living and looking like the world. You shall not make any other graving images. And sometimes the graving images will be in our clothing, our clothing lines, our dressing lines, our hairstyles, whatever it is. If it means getting people to come to the altar of us. When we create ourselves to be altars, when we create ourselves, come to my church because my church is better than that church. You know what? Here's, here's the thing about it. By God's grace, I'm ordained. I'm ordained minister, okay? I was accused of leaving a church seven years ago saying I wanted to start my own church. I've been ordained via a beautiful church in Terre Haute and also through an online school for Christian leaders. And have I started a church yet? No. No, I haven't started a church yet. I thank God for the opportunity and the platform that I have to share the word of God with you right now. I've been given the opportunity to share the word, you know, in different churches. But there are many churches out there, many leaders out there who are struggling, fighting to help you hear the word of God. The church, the, their church, that was so kind as to ordain me out of Terre Haute, fighting and struggling for the communities to hear the word of God. Go visit Pastor Guy Lipkins. Hear the word. Be challenged. Be challenged to live different, to live better, live for God's glory, not for ourselves. Scott, uh, Scott said, "If what, what if I did? Is there something wrong with that? You know what? If I started a church, there would be something wrong with it. Great question, Scott. There would be something wrong with the church, me starting a church, if this was the premise of me starting the church. I want to make my church better than that. 
I'm going to make my church better than that. My way will be better than their ways. When we put I and my in the way and blocking out, we violate hero Israel because the Lord makes the churches successful. The Lord plants the great churches and harvests that will bring about his glory. We we will we will either choose to be the the the, the seeds that he plants in, in good soil and that he cultivates the soil, he prepares the soil, he sends the rain, he sends the sun, he sends the harvests. The Lord is the one who cultivates that. He is the one, but we get wrapped up in ourselves believing that we're the only church preaching the word of God. We're the only ones properly doing this. I know that there are far many more people who are properly teaching the word of God. I'm not the only one who's properly teaching the word of God. There are many people who truly fear, love, and and revere God. They extol him. They make certain that when when their every episode, every part of their life exudes, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." So, if, if my purpose of so starting a church was solely for making people come to me rather than come to Christ, that's why it's wrong. You have to understand, that's a beautiful question. I thank you so much for asking that question. So I received the call to preach and teach in 1997. And it was me, the Holy Spirit, and I was waiting for UPS to develop, develop, deliver my pulpit in the mail. Because we were going to change this world up. And I had a word from the Lord. But God humbled me when I went to Bible college. And God showed me it wasn't about me. It's always about him. I was sitting in New Testament survey with Mike Smith, just finished reading the Pauline epistle journeys. And like I said, here I'm full of my pride. Oh, I got a word. Oh, I got a fresh word. I got a fresh anointing. I got a fresh perspective. I got a new word. Yeah. <laughs> I had constipation. And pride. But Mike Smith basically said, I got a word for you preachers and apostles and everything you call yourselves, who call yourself called by God. He's like, did you see this? The apostle Paul served in ministry for 15 years before he led his own ministry. I heard those words and my ego came crashing down like the Hindenburg. All my glory, all my greatness, all the gigantic ministry that I had before came crumbling down like the walls of Jericho, burning up like a disco inferno. Because God showed me, you know nothing and what you're doing is all about you and not about me. And that was in 1998. That was 1998, 24 years ago, where God humbled me and told me, you will start nothing without me. I'm not waiting 15 years. I'm waiting on God's time. Should he say, start a church and not 
in my flesh, because I'm not going to lie to you, to lead a church for God's glory is an awesome, amazing, beautiful, and terrible task. Because if you're going to do it the right way, you have to Romans 12, 1 and 2 every day, daily living sacrifice, killing your ego before you wake up. So that your attitude, your mentality is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. The Lord is one. There is no other God. There is no carved image. There is no putting God's name on stuff that ain't there. This is the reason why I say that when God calls us, he calls us and we hear those, my sheep will hear my voice. And I'm telling you, we've been acting like goats and donkeys and not about glorifying God. Read the word for yourselves, folks. God's word is beautiful. I'm your host, Watson Prenier from Battle for Freedom, Mojo Fiber Radio. Brad Staggs and Daily Mojo's up next, and I'm out. Thank you all. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.